0: Welcome to another episode of the Victory Baptist Church Podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Victory Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry and the impact it has had in our community for over 50 years, visit victorybaptistvaldosta.com. Now let's listen as Pastor Ward brings today's message from God's Word. Kind of a long introduction. But I want to I look at something that's said. We're not going to look at all six verses tonight, but just the second verse and the third verse. We'll read the first, second, and third verse of Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Look at this. He leadeth me beside the still waters. What a great message there. He restoreth my soul. And then he goes back to it and he said, He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Twice in our reading tonight, we have the words that are given to us, He leadeth me. We have a whole song in our songbook that's on the subject of He leadeth me. He leadeth me. And so I want to take just a few moments tonight, I know we're supposed to be in a book of Revelation we're supposed to be in chapter number eight. We're supposed to be looking at the opening of the seventh seal. And I'm working on that. I really am. I didn't, I didn't come to a log jam or anything along that line. But I know that, uh, and I've experienced this before, that if you just stay with it week after week after week, and you, if, you, if you spend seven or eight Sunday nights in uh, chapter number six through chapter number 19, it's going to be very depressing. Some of you are going to be back on your anxiety pills if we st- spend a whole lot of time there. And so I'm trying to put a whole package together that's, that summarizes um, the woes and, and the trumpets and the seals and uh, all the catastrophic things that are, that are happening so we can go through that part of it kind of quickly because I really want to get to the things such as uh, the millennial reign of Christ, our entrance into heaven, uh, the marriage of the Lamb, uh, but all that has to be, and I don't want to touch all of it, but, uh, uh, you know, we need to at least uh, have a little bit of discovery uh, in those sections. of, um, And so for that reason tonight, the Lord just led me to go into in a different direction. And, uh, and so he leadeth me. He leadeth me. And so our thought tonight is the leadership of the Lord. That's verse number 2 and verse number 3. The leadership of the Lord. There's a companion verse found in Psalms 30 one in verse number three, thou, for thou art my rock and my fortress, therefore for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Well, what great verses. And so he leads me beside the still waters and there's purpose in that. And he leads me in the paths of righteousness and there's an obvious pers- uh, purpose in that as well. Now we're we'll going to look into the, details of, uh, of the subject tonight, the Lord's leadership, the leadership of the Lord. And uh, there may be some uh, places that we go, some places that may, he might lead us, and I wrote down three of them. The first one's found in the book of Matthew. If you turn over in the New Testament, in the book of Matthew, chapter number four, Matthew chapter number four, he may lead us through temptation. And... And uh, when you see the word temptation in the scripture, uh, there's a lot of uh, synonyms that go along with that, uh, like trials and troubles. And uh, there's another one, I can't think of what it is. But uh, temptations and trials and troubles, I think they all begin with a T. I'll get you the other one a little bit later. And so sometimes uh, we go through temptations in life, but we can be mindful of this. The Lord that leadeth us, he leads us, and I want to emphasize the word through the temptations. Notice what it said, and I want to read these verses, and uh, we're not uh, spend a lot of time here, as our time's already getting away. But then in, um, in chapter number 4, the book of Matthew, in verse number 1, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward and hungry, And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into a holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be, look at this, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. Verse number 7, And Jesus said unto him, It is written again. I'm telling you, he leads us through the temptation, and there's some keys to it. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, this persistent devil, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him. Here he he is uh, giving his politician style lie. He said, all these things will I, I give thee. He didn't own them. He couldn't give them to Jesus. Jesus already owned them. If thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou worship. And the devil leaveth him, and behold, the angels came and ministered unto him. Now, this temptation uh, is uh, uh, given to us here in Matthew chapter number 4. There are several things. Uh, First of all, we see that he is being tempted. That's in the uh, early verses, verse 1 and verse number 2. But the target of the temptation, and you don't have these notes on the screen. I have them written in the margin of my scripture. The target of the temptation is three things. It is his identification in verse number 3, if thou be the Son of God, his reputation in verse number 6, and his dedication in verse number 8. There's also the time of the temptation. It was after and get a hold of this now. It was after a great spiritual experience. In chapter number 3 in verses 13 through 17 we have the story of the voice that comes down from heaven and said this is my beloved son and who I'm well pleased and Jesus is baptized. He's just gone through a great spiritual experience. Some of you have. You that the team that went up to the rise, you went through a great spiritual experience. But you know the devil isn't real happy with that. I hate to inform you about that, but he's just like in the, in the life of our Lord, he'd gone through this the wonderful spiritual experience, and the next thing that happens to him, the devil's right in his face. And I can say to you, and... Uh, and uh, it's 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 natural to the spiritual life that every time you make a, a you go up a couple of rungs of the spiritual ladder the devil is there grabbing a hold of your heels trying to pull you down it's amazing to me there's no one up above us to help pull us up but the devil is always there to try to pull us down and so it was after a spiritual experience he he might lead us through some temptation Let's call them trials. Uh, Let's call them troubles. Let's call them the word was tribulation that I was looking for. don't matter when you get it, just so you get it. Sometimes it might be in the middle of the night. And not only was it after a spiritual experience, you need to write this down, but it's before a spiritual endeavor. Look way down in verse number 17. I don't know if we have that verse in our notes. Look in verse number 17. From that time Jesus began to preach and to say repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So right in the middle, right in the middle on this side he had just gone through this wonderful spiritual experience and and God, his father was pleased with him. He's baptized, he's ready for the ministry and, and then in the middle of that there's this trial and this tribulation and it happens just before he gets ready to go out and began his preaching ministry. I tell you, preaching is important. Not because the Lord called me to be one, but preaching is important. And uh, listen, God only had one son, he called him to be a preacher. Isn't that amazing? I know that he's a great teacher, but he's also a preacher, and he began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What a message. Not only there's this timing in this temptation, but we have the devil's tactics, the devil's tactics. He is there to make him doubt his sonship, and he will you. I think I spend as much of my time texting people back and forth trying to give them verses of assurance. I was on my phone late in the evening, uh, I guess it was yesterday, and with someone that's struggling with this matter of I don't know if you call it lack of assurance or doubt or lack of faith or whatever the case may be. And uh, so many people battle that issue. Don't think you're by yourself if you're riding on that train. But be sure of this, uh, the Lord is there to see you through. And I like what I heard I heard a very simple preacher uh, say many years ago. Probably didn't have any degrees after his name. He said, nobody can go to hell trusting Jesus. <laughs> And so I ask people, are you trusting him? I like what Brother Rufus said about it. He said, if you did repent, then you are repenting. And you will repent. And so, you know, there's some gauges and there's some measures that we can go by to give us assurance of our salvation. I think the best one is just what the Word of God had to say about it. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Isn't that wonderful? And so to make you doubt, if he can ever get you doubting uh, as to your salvation, then he's got you lock, stock, and barrel. You're not going to be any good for him. You're not even going to be any good for the devil. And it's sure not going to be good for you. And so he, when he attacks even the very son of the living God, he attacks, first of all, his relationship, his kinship, I should say. Doubt his sonship, number two. Doubt his security, Uh, In the the book of Psalms, it's saying that, that the angels have been given charge and protection over him, and they did. But then the big thing was to try to get him to deviate from his purpose to deviate from his purpose. Now, again, these are not in... And then finally, the triumph is found in verse number 11. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, the angels came and ministered unto him. And so the summary of this text is this. It is a matter of sonship, it is a matter of lordship, and it is a matter of worship. And so, if we decide that we're gonna follow him, he said in our text that he leadeth me, that he leadeth me, and the leadership of the Lord, if it is true, if it is real, sometimes... It will lead us down the path of temptation. Look with me in Matthew chapter, uh, number, uh, Matthew chapter number 5. It should be uh, pretty close, maybe even on the same page in your scripture. It is mine. And then we have another story. Uh, he may lead us to exhortation. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set he, uh, with his disciples, uh, his disciples came to him. Verse number 2, and he opened his mouth and taught them same. So now we have a preacher, but he's also a teacher. And then he goes through these B attitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And uh, and he goes all the way down. Uh, blessed are they which uh, mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are, they, um, uh, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And he goes on and on and on. And he goes through these. Sometimes it may be he sets us down and exhorts us. But then there's another one, and I want to hurry. Look in Matthew chapter number 17. This is that he may lead us very well through temptation, he may lead us into exhortation, and he may lead us into glorification. Look in chapter number 17, beginning our reading in verse number one. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, that trio, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart. And look at this, and he was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment uh, was white as the light. And then the story goes on and on and on, and we'll not take time to look at it, but this is called the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus was glorified right in the presence of his disciples. But then let's look at our thought tonight very quickly. Three reasons to follow his leadership the first one being this look with me you're in the book of Matthew and you're pretty close to it look with me in the book of Matthew in chapter number 11 you probably know these verses by heart verse number 28 come to me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn look at this and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest unto your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden lot a whole message to preach there, but if you follow him, you it might be that we might learn of him, that we might learn about if, you know, when you're when you hang around somebody, the more you're around them, the more you learn about them, and the uh, the more that you're around me, the more you learn about me, and that might not always be a good thing. The more I'm around you, the more I might learn about you, and so this this matter of of information by acquaintance, it's real, and and sometimes you'll find out. The more you're around somebody, the more uh, dis- disappointing you may become. But I'll tell you, if you'll hang around Jesus, you'll never be disappointed. You'll never be disappointed if you'll follow Him, and you might learn a little bit about Him. Let me give you these three things about Him. Here's some things that we might learn of Him. Number one, we might. Learn about his faithfulness to stand with us. Now think about it. Just, just absorb it like a sponge for just a moment. His faithfulness to stand by you. I'm looking back over decades. I've talked a little bit about decades of ministry, but outside the ministry, I've been saved now for 50 years, and I've found the Lord to, to help me and to stand with me and, 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 and that's kind of shallow in terminology. Well, you know, we get the idea, well, you know, Jesus is, you know, he, he's going to always uh, stand for me. Well, that's not always the case. And he doesn't stand for, for us when we're wrong and we have the wrong attitude and all those kind of things. But if we're, do, if we're doing our very best to do right, and if we're trying to follow the dictates of this book, And if we're trying to live for him and if we're trying to do right, I just want to say to you tonight, he'll stand with you. He'll stand with you. He'll be there when the going gets rough. He has promised us, he said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. All your friends may turn and run. He said in Psalms 46, 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. When you're in trouble, he doesn't run from you but rather to you and he'll stand with you. He'll stand with you. This life can bring, bring some troubling situations, some trying times, and uh, the trial of our faith. But you can be assured of this. He'll stand there with you. Here's what the apostle said about it. After he had, uh, everyone had, for the most part, exited his ministry, he said in 2 Timothy 4, 17, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthen me. Well, there's a, there's a multitude of help in that one little thought that he stood with me, and he's standing by me, and he strengthened me. I've thought, I've thought about the times that I didn't feel like I could put one foot in front of the next foot. I've thought about the, the seasons of of exhausting ourselves and giving everything that we had again and again and again and again to where we didn't think. And and I've I've had those seasons in my Christian life where, you know, you, you get the feeling, well, am I the only one that's really concerned about this? But you can be sure of this, He's forever standing with us. He said in Acts 27, in verse number 23, for there stood by me this night. This is when they're at, at, in the uh, ship at sea. The storm is raging. Oh, your that powerful uh, storm has, has uh, risen on the sea. And the, and the ship is tossed and, and, uh, and the, their lives are threatened. But the Bible said this about it. Even in the midst of the storm, for there stood by me this night, the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. We might learn about his faithfulness to stand with us. Secondly, we might learn about his forgiveness he shares with us. The forgiveness that he shares with us. Here's our verse, Ephesians 4 and verse number 32. If you're taking notes, I can. We can any of the messages that are preached from the pulpit, we can... Uh, we can uh, give you a copy of them if you'd, love, if you'd like to have one. Just let us know. It said in Ephesians 4.32, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, look at this, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. The forgiveness, we're, uh, it, by human nature, we're, we're not given to forgiveness. We hold grudges. We're, we're full of animosity. Uh, we'll... we'll We'll, we'll carry a, a matter weeks and months and years and sometimes it's, it's a very small insignificant thing but we'll let it fester and we'll get bitter over it and then it grows and it grows and it grows and homes have been destroyed by simple little things that should have been forgiven. Churches have been destroyed by simple little things that should have been forgiven. Lives have been destroyed by simple little things that should have been forgiven. You know what I'm talking about? Somebody should have stood up and said, I'm sorry. Somebody should have said, I'm wrong. And, and and so there's this whole matter of forgiveness and it's a forgiveness, you can't do it, I can't do it. Sometimes we can, sometimes we cannot, but in the Lord Jesus Christ, we can forgive anything and everything and anyone. I don't understand how people do it. I don't understand how people, and I haven't gone through everything and so I guess if I were to go through those things, maybe the... I'm sure that the grace of God would sustain you, and it would sustain me through some of the things that I, that people have been through. And be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Our relationship with God is 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 in direct connection to our forgiveness one to another. It's it's so important that it's even brought up in in the model prayer that we forgive our. Uh, debtors as we uh, that we forgive our debtors as, as we forgive, uh, how it go? Good, thank you. You need to be on Biden's team. You know the thing. Forgiveness. Just like he forgave us. Forgiveness. Let's, go, let's move on quickly tonight. Second Corinthians Uh, Chapter 2 and verse number 10. For whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything, well, that's complicated. To whom I forgave it, look at this. For your sakes forgave I it in the person of Christ. They say that unforgiveness is a poison that, we feed ourselves. And so not only do we see that His faithfulness to stand with us, but His forgiveness that he shares with us, and then finally, about His fellowship that he spends with us. First John chapter number one and verse number three, that which we have seen and heard, we declare unto you that ye may also have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with Jesus, with His Son, Jesus Christ. The fellowship. You know, if we follow Him, He leads us, and if we'll follow Him, we might learn some things about Him, about His faithfulness to stand with us, about His forgiveness that He shares with us, about His fellowship that He spends with us, but then secondly, we might also learn to lean on Him. One of my favorite passages out of the Old Testament, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And he shall direct thy paths. Third and finally, that we might look to him. Isaiah said these words, Isaiah 45, Look unto me, and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God. And there is none else. The Lord that leadeth us. The leadership ministry of the Lord. Would you follow Him? Old Song said, follow, follow. I would follow Jesus anywhere, everywhere. I would follow on. Will you follow Him? There's some things to be learned. Very simple thought tonight. Just in following the leader, just in following the leader. That, that's the, the greatest characteristic of leadership is to follow the leader, to follow the leader. Let's stand for prayer tonight. Father, we thank you for the precious word of God. We thank you for what you've done for us in our hearts this day. I pray that this study might prove to be beneficial to each of those who have heard tonight. And Lord, may we follow you. We're called to be your disciples. Those are followers of Christ. Lord, may we follow, and Lord, thank you for your leadership. For these years, for decades, you've led us. Lord, we would have lost our way a long, long time ago. Lord, may we keep our eyes on you, never to detour, to exit, On the wrong ground. Lord may we. Stay so close that we can hear your voice. When you exhort us. Lord may we be so close to you. That we may. Understand when we go through temptations. That you did as well. And then Lord may we learn. And may we look. May we trust you. Is our prayer tonight. While these are praying, we invite you to pray.